Trigger warning. This episode discusses the horrible abuse and horrendous murder of a child. It was hard to research, so I know it will be hard to listen to for most people. Listener discretion is advised. April 28, 2001, police found the headless, unclothed body of a toddler. And just a few days later, they found her head in the garbage bag. Surely they would be able to quickly identify her because someone must be looking for their baby girl. Unfortunately, she would be known as Precious Doe and would be unidentified for four years. Sit with me for a little while and let's discuss the horrible abuse and murder of Erica Green, also known as Precious Doe. Hey y'all, hey, welcome back to another episode of Crime Time with the Fine Dime. This episode was requested by my good friend and listener, Jaleesa, and listen, Jaleesa, I want my one, because this case cut me deep, like, literally teary-eyed every time I was researching this case. I put it off so many times, but I finally did it, but enough rambling, let's get on with this episode, y'all. So, on April 28, 2001, around 6.45 p.m., police were in a wooded area answering another call in Kansas City, Missouri. They were answering a call for an elderly man that um, was missing and their family was trying to find them. When they were looking, they made the gruesome discovery of a headless, unclothed little black girl. Of course, they were shocked to find a dead child, but she was headless, so it would be very hard to identify her. Just a few days later, on May 1st, 2001, a man named Billy Stegall, I could be pronouncing it wrong, y'all, but he found a head in a garbage bag not too far from the little girl's body. And there were, of course, quickly able to determine the head belonged to the body they found just a few days ago. And they found her body, they were like, I'm sure somebody looking for this baby like it was, she looked like she was about maybe three to they gave the range of three to six years old so somebody had to be looking for that sweet baby girl but nobody came to claim this child for four years so they had to give her instead of jane doe or john doe of course they gave her the name of precious doe until somebody claimed her so before we get into the gruesome details of Erica's murder, let's go back and let's just see how this poor baby lost her life and everything that led up to this crazy point. So Erica was born May 15, 1997 to her mother, Michelle Johnson, and her father, Larry Green. So both parents were in prison at the time little Erica was born. Michelle Johnson, the mom, she was in prison for larceny and other charges. And from my research, maybe somebody else found it. Um, I couldn't find out why the father was in prison, but he did have a 10-year sentence that he had to finish. Um, But with Michelle being in prison, of course, somebody else had to take care of Erica. So Betty Brown, who Michelle knew from another family member, signed the necessary paperwork to get Erica 
in her care until Michelle got out of prison. So Betty was like in her 70s. She has fostered over 500 children and she had the great background, but they didn't, they still didn't do the necessary background checks. Like all Betty had to do was sign a one page form and give two forms of ID and one being her Sam's Club membership card, which I find wow, that is outrageous. This is a whole baby that you're taking to take care of and all you got to sign is a one-page document they didn't give her like any info on how reunification or anything like it was just like take care of her until whenever i guess but thankfully she was an amazing choice to take care of erica because like i said she fostered over 500 children already and she was just an amazing, sweet woman, and she really loved on Erica. She was Erica's grandmother, really, at that point. So, because there's no really big, solid paperwork or, you know, stance she can take on keeping Erica, once Michelle got out of prison, like, she did visits with Erica, but they were very short, and uh, Betty said she seemed very unattached to Erica, but um, one day, her, well, one day Michelle and her boyfriend, Harrell, came and said they wanted to take Erica to a family reunion so she could see her cousins and stuff, and that was the last day sweet Miss Betty saw baby Erica. And I want y'all to know, because it is very important that um, y'all know that Michelle struggled with drug abuse and she had four other children before she had Erica and they were all taken away from her. And so she already had like this um, history of not being able to take care of her children. Her boyfriend, Harrell, also struggled with drugs as well, but... Of course, um, Miss Betty, like I said, she really didn't have a stance on whether she could keep baby Erica or not. She really had no choice but to give them, to give Erica to them. And even though she never brought her back, she couldn't claim kidnapping or anything because Michelle was the parent. Before they both struggled with drug abuse. So with that drug abuse, it was hard for them to keep jobs and even harder for them to keep a solid place to call home. So they couch surfed, squatted, just laid their head where people allowed them to. Um, they did stay with family on some occasions, like they stayed with Harrell's um, grandfather or father um, before, and they stayed with... Harrell's cousin as well and um listening so I was listening to a podcast that covered this case before called true crime in real life or IRL and they said Michelle Harrell and Erica lived with one of Harrell's cousins that's what I was saying before and this cousin would hear Erica crying and begging to go back home with Miss Betty and Harrell would beat Erica severely so, like, my thing is, why you ain't call the police? This baby was only three, 
and you hear her crying to go back home to the amazing, beautiful, loving home that she knows. And then you hear your cousin beating on this baby girl and you ain't call the police or try to take this baby girl away. Like, that is another thing that's wild to me. This whole case is just wild. So, again, I'm going to let y'all know before I go into great detail about this abuse. Listening discretion is advised. If you need to skip ahead, please do. I won't be hurt. Trust me. If you need to skip this episode altogether, that's fine, too. But, like I said, listening discretion is advised because it's about to get brutal and it's about to get gruesome. All right. So, I'll go into, like, some detail, but not too, too deep because it's just, it's it's horrendous, y'all. So, basically, Erica, baby Erica was crying and they couldn't console her. And, of course, they couldn't console her because Erica didn't know them people. She knew Miss Betty as her grandmother and the person that loved and took care of her. But because they were high on PCP and ain't no telling what else, um... They just were frustrated, especially Harrell, apparently, because Michelle testified against Harrell Johnson um, during the trial and said that um, Erica wouldn't stop crying, so he was kicking her and beating her, and she wouldn't lay in the bed. And I think the final blow was that he just um, picked up his feet and he kicked her on the side of her face. Um, so, of course, she had horrible, horrible head trauma. And Michelle stated that she asked him, she yelled like, what the F are you doing? What the F did you do? And she said it kind of shook him out of his high. And... um they realized what happened and they tried to revive Erica by putting her in a bathtub of cold water. Erica still wasn't waking up, you know, eyes rolling in the back of her head. She was just out of it. I'm sorry, y'all. This this is hard because it's a baby. Um, They took her out of the tub and placed her on the bedroom floor. And um, Michelle said she she sung to her baby, and I won't even say her baby. She sung to Erica, her favorite song, and she was asking God and pleading God to take her instead of her daughter. But my thing is, y'all, is she said also in court that she knew that Erica needed help like Erica needed a hospital she needed doctors and Erica will more than likely survive so she knew that it was a possibility that Erica could survive but both of them had warrants for their arrest so she didn't call they didn't take her to the hospital you even got to get a hospital your real name you literally you didn't love her for real like y'all could have literally just took her to the hospital and said She's hurt. Help her. Period. Like, 
that's that's wild to me and then to say that you was begging and pleading God to take you instead of your daughter you had that opportunity like you had the opportunity by taking her to the hospital and saying if the warrant if I get arrested I get arrested that's my life but my daughter deserves better so that that's wild to me that she would say something like that like that's that's just that's horrible that that ain't even right but that's what she did um and after they got her out of the tub and laid her on the bedroom floor. Harrell said that it was just hours. Michelle says it was days. And after Erica took her last breath, they said that they had to get rid of the body. So at night, they took a bag with hedge clippers and they took little Erica and went to a secluded area. And took off Erica's clothes and Harrell used the hedge clippers to cut Erica's head off. And some research even says that Erica might have been alive still when Harrell cut her head off. She was just um, unconscious. I'm not sure how true that is, but I have read that during my research. I hope she wasn't. I hope she didn't feel anything because she felt enough through her beating and all that stuff. And they um, threw her decapitated head into a church trash bin. But Michelle was like, it's going to smell and the church members will find it. So they went back and took the head out of the trash bin and put it close, like um, a few feet away from Erica's body so they of course because they did the murder they did not report Erica missing so when she was found that's how she got the nickname Precious Stowe because nobody claimed her and nobody um, reported a baby girl missing so for a while Harrell's grandfather Thurman McIntosh was calling the police, well, getting in touch with the police, saying that he hasn't seen his granddaughter. And, you know, Precious, though, she was on, like, America's Most Wanted and TV shows trying to get some traction and get clues in on who this baby girl was. And no one was sending it. Well, people were sending in tips, but they all fell through. But um, Harrell's grandfather, he lived in Muskogee, and he tipped Kansas City and was trying to tell him that, look, I think this is my grandbaby. I haven't seen her. Every time I ask about her, nobody's telling me anything. They're saying she's here, she's there, and I just haven't seen her. And finally, finally they um, believed him and did their research, did their investigation, and they were able to arrest Michelle and Harrell Johnson. And by the way, a year after Precious Doe, Erica, was killed, Michelle married that man. Like you said, you wanted God to take you instead of your daughter. But you didn't take her to the hospital. And then on top of that, a year later, you married this man. Like what you loved him far more than you loved your children and that's just that's just that 
but they were able to erase Michelle and Harrell Johnson. Um, thankfully, Mr. McIntosh never gave up. He never gave up on um, Erica, even though he, she wasn't his granddaughter by blood. He loved Erica in the little bit of time he got to spend with her. And he said that he did not want to leave this earth knowing that his grandson would possibly could possibly be involved with the murder of a little girl and he said if you do the crime baby you gotta do the time so he was telling and i'm so thankful that he did and they were able to catch these people and then on top of that y'all i was listening to another podcast that said that when they were when police first started like investigating and knocking on doors michelle answered the door for the police after that you know when they was asking for precious and not asking if anybody knew her she said no she said no and four years later we finally can give precious though a name her name was erica green so now of course we have to go to trial and see what their charges will be and their sentencing and everything because we know they did it but they still went to trial so again y'all they went to trial and michelle testified against terrell and i know it wasn't because she felt bad for her daughter or anything michelle testified against terrell because she wanted a lighter sentence and that's just that during the trial um, Harrell's cousin, LaWanda Driscoll, that's the one they stayed in, they stayed with for a while. She said that Michelle helped Harrell dispose of the body by taking Erica, you know, from the house in like a stroller as if Erica was sleeping. So that cousin, yeah, I, I got questions because why, if you notice, abuse and you notice that one day this baby girl was at your house every day and the next day she wasn't and you saw them take her out of your house at night in a stroller that's that's weird but she said Michelle kept telling her that um Erica went back to Miss Betty but still you heard them beating on that baby. You should have been called the police. Whatever. Back to the trial. Michelle testified against Harrell saying that Harrell did all of the abuse. And, you know, she really had nothing to do with the abuse. But she was involved with the disposal of Erica's body. So, with that being said, on October 8th, 2008, Harrell Johnson was convicted of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. And on October 22nd, 2008, Michelle Johnson was sentenced to 25 years in prison because she pled guilty to second-degree murder, and she testified against her husband. So, y'all, that is the case of Miss Erica Green, also known as Precious Doe. I'm so glad that even though it took four years to identify Erica, 
nobody stopped telling and talking and trying to get the case solved like precious doe Erica Green had an organization behind her with people constantly, you know, asking about her investigation, making sure that it didn't go unnoticed. Like, it was already a cold case, but they didn't want it to go unnoticed. I'm thankful for Mr. McIntosh for understanding that even though Harrell Johnson is his grandson, he still did wrong, and he still needed to be in prison for what he did to that little girl, and he never stopped talking and telling people about it, about her. I forgot to tell y'all about... um. Erica's father, her father, Larry Green, you know, he was in prison for 10 years um, when she was born. He did sue agencies over her death because he felt that they were neglectful. They didn't look into um, Michelle's background or anything and they just he felt like the system failed his daughter which they did like I said they only let Betty sign a one-page document and give two forms of ID they didn't inform her about the custody reunification if there would be reunification what um what she had control over or anything and then Michelle lost her four children before uh, Erica, so they really failed her. Now he, um, I'm gonna say it was a win because the case, the lawsuit was settled and it was in his favor. I'm not sure how much he received. No amount of money can replace his daughter, but he did receive something. I'm just not sure what, what amount, but he did settle out of court. After finding out everything and giving her a name, she was able to get a new headstone that has her full name on it, Erica Michelle Marie Green, and she is no longer known as Precious Doe. This baby girl has a name, and she has a story, and thankfully, we have her murderers behind bars, and I hope Michelle never gets out. Even Miss Betty Johnson, um, she said that she, she really thinks that Michelle doesn't deserve to live anymore for what she did to baby Erica and she said I know she knows she's a Christian woman and if it's wrong to say that she's sorry but she she still feels the way she feels because how how could you do that to your baby that you gave birth to but she didn't care she didn't care we know now and thankfully they're both in prison um but yeah, y'all, that's that's her story. That is the case. Um, that's that's her story on her murder. That's not her whole story because Miss Betty said that Erica was a beautiful, independent, loving child, and she captivated the room. Of course, like most little kids do, you know, when you see them, the cute little kids, she used to take her to church in her big, pretty dresses and people loved her so much. And I'm glad she's remembered of being, as being this beautiful girl, baby girl, sweet baby girl that people loved so much. But y'all, that's the end of my episode. 
I'm going to need some prayer and I'm going to need some uh, time to decompress because like I said, this this was hard for me to research. It took me a long time to get through the research. Like every 10 minutes I had to stop because it was just, it was so horrible. But again, if y'all have any requests, just go ahead and email me, crimetimewiththefinedime1 at gmail.com. Join my Facebook group, Crime Time with the Fine Dom. Add me on TikTok by the same name. And uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this episode, um, previous episodes. Just let me know. I love to chit-chat with y'all, you know, on all my social media accounts. But y'all have a good rest of your day. You stay safe out there. I'm going to call y'all next time. Pick up. So we can talk about another case. Um, I may need a survivor case after this. Just to lift my spirits up and lift your spirits up. But yeah, y'all have a good one. And thank you for tuning in. Bye.